Hello and welcome listeners to another episode of Hot Takes, the Story Screen Present podcast where we talk about a new movie, sometimes an old movie, mostly new movies. We go out, we watch it, we don't talk about it, we think about it with our brains, and we get back on the mic and we talk about what we like and what we don't like or what we love in some cases, uh, and we get into it. So I'm your host today, Bernadette Gorman-White, and I'm joined by Robbie Anderson. Yo, was <laughs> Yo. good. Yo. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Yo, what up, Bern? Uh, not What's going much? on? Chilling. Cool. Sick. I think we're both chilling on this Monday morning. Excited to talk about this vibes. movie. <laughs> yeah, same dog, same. Awesome, awesome. Just vibe, just vibing. You vibing know me. on the good vibes you know me, of this dog. film. That's yeah. that's me, dog. Yeah, <laughs> just chilling, chilling. Uh, we did the podcast for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, mm. when that came out with yes. Jack Kolodzewski as well. Um, so excited to cover this film. So obviously, listeners, you've clicked on the link. You're here to listen. You know what we're talking about. We're talking about the Banshees of Inishirin today. And if it's your first time listening to a hot take, uh, just to give you a quick rundown, we're going to discuss non-spoiler feelings about the film within this first segment, this first half, and then we will give you a clear indication of when we are going to be talking about spoilers. So this movie did just come out. If you haven't had the chance to see it yet, but you're kind of trying to gauge whether you want to see it, feel free to listen to this first half. But this is a movie with, I think, a lot of spoilers. So if you haven't watched the film, I would advise to not listen to the second half and just come back and revisit it or save the whole podcast for once you've watched the film. But really, listeners, I'm not your mom. I can't tell you what to do. You can do whatever you want. I'm not your mom. I'm not your mom. I'm not your mom. <laughs> So Robbie, uh, I love this yeah. movie. I yeah, I think this not to love, Burn. Everything is to love. <laughs> it's great. Um, yeah, I think it might be my favorite movie of the year so far right now. Whoa! Um, just because I had such a good time watching it. Bold. Um, what did you okay. think? <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know if it's my favorite movie of the year, but I did. I lo- I mean, I I thought it was great. I I guess I wasn't necessarily like. You know, everything Martin McDonough does, I like. You know, like, I like all the movies that the dude makes. So it's not like I'm even surprised that I like this one. But uh, I, I think, you know, for me, I thought it was a very interesting follow up to Three Billboards. Like, Three Billboards is like such like a, you know, I feel like the movie came out and people really dug it. And then more people saw it because it was, had like a big word of, word of mouth. And then it kind of, you know, was put under like a bigger microscope and started a lot of like interesting conversations. I think it also started like some people, you know, questioning the film's politics and morals, which I think is like the point of the movie. So to not like the movie for those reasons, I think is like really missing the point, you know? Um, So to have this movie as a follow-up, which I do think has like, you know, a similar kind of like talking about something complex. It's a lot more of like a, um, it's more intimate movie in that way, or it's like more, much more kind of like smaller scale. So like, you know, I kind of appreciate like, you know, this is like Martin McDonough's almost like 
quietest movie mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. But the but the but the way he does drama and the way that he like invests invests like makes you invested in the characters is like better than ever, you know. Um, but yeah, I think for me, like you know, I really like the movie. Um, and the thing that really stuck with me is just how I think like relatable it is. Like if you've ever had, you know, if you've seen the trailer for the movie, you know, it's kind of like there's like a friend breakup happening and it's like, if you've ever been through a friend breakup, it's like the most not only like accurate, but like also I feel like tackles like the corners of things. Maybe you didn't even realize in the course of that friend breakup. You're like, Oh fuck. I did feel that way. Or you're like, Oh fuck. I probably made that person feel that way. And then my other you know, main takeaway is I feel like uh, Brendan Gleeson's character, Calm, Calm Doherty. Calm. Uh, you know, I think he's Aquarius. I think he's Aquarius like me. I, feel, <laughs> I have a lot of like kindred energy <laughs> with him. Uh, but I'm definitely more, you know, I'm more of a calm than a patty if I just get that out there. Oh, that's funny. Setting yeah, up the lines so early on. That's me. I'm just I'm just saying I he, that guy had big Robbie energy and I really and for better and for worse, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I I agree with everything that you said. I thought the conversation around three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri was so interesting because it seemed like half of the moviegoers didn't understand how to deal with a character that it's okay to not like a character. It was just so interesting, that conversation around Sam Rockwell and like whether he was redeemable or not, and whether he should be liked or whether he should be nominated for an Oscar. It was just a bizarre yeah, it's like, conversation. <laughs> it's like, do you know it's what okay a character you not is? To, yeah, it's like, he's not real. Some characters are bad. <laughs> and sometimes yeah. they can have a redemption arc. And sometimes they don't. And, you know, I don't think the film is like really coming swinging for one character or another. It's like, yeah. this is just the movie. This is how movies work. Or or a character can have a redemption arc and you cannot agree with it. Right. You don't have to fucking burn down the cinema about it. <laughs> right. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, you could you as the audience member, you have the all the agency in the world to be like, yeah, you know, I didn't buy that. Right. You don't need to go on Twitter and be insane. And be crazy. You don't need to go do that. You don't need to fucking do that. It's cool. No, no, it was so bizarre. But yeah, I learned a lot about Martin McDonough in the research leading up to doing this hot take. A mm-hmm. I assumed he was closer to, like, Brendan Gleeson's age. I thought he was probably, like, in his 70s. But no, he is a strapping 52. Uh, strapping 52. Pretty attractive. Brendan Gleeson's also <laughs> attractive. I'm not saying age is an indication of attractiveness. Um, but Martin McDonough has been dating Phoebe Waller-Bridge since, like, 2018. Oh. Which is wild. Cool. What a power couple. That is a power couple. Damn. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so I, I just feel like I like got into the psyche of where he's coming from so much more because I always just assumed that he was older. And maybe that's because I think his films are so well done that I thought he maybe had more films under his belt. But he was a playwright long before he started making movies. And he actually did a series of three plays. Well, they're incompleted because the third play he didn't finish But they are about the islands off the coast of Galway Bay in Ireland. And so Inishirin is kind of like a fake island based in the Aran Islands. Mm. Um, The other two islands he did write a play for, a play for each one. And so he's explored these islands a lot. Um, His parents 
are Irish, but he and his sibling, I think, were raised in London, and then his parents moved back to Galway Bay, so they're in that Galway, County Galway area, and so it's something that really, like, obviously speaks true to his heart, and he's very familiar with that region of Ireland. So yeah, while I do think it is probably his most quiet film, I I would say it's probably his most well-researched film, and something that probably had spoken to him a lot in the course of writing these series of three plays, which the last one was called The Banshees of One of the Islands, and it was actually named the real name of the island. But then he, I guess, took that name, but name alone, because apparently the play was very different from what we got in the film. Did he also do Three Billboards as a play, play, or was it like a play at some point, like an early draft of it? I don't think so. No? Okay. I thought I heard something like that. I knew he did. I knew he was in the playwriting world uh, previous to film, or like kind of like... In between. It seems like Homie's doing a movie like every four years, which seems like a nice a nice cadence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's really been uh, sticking to it, because I feel like after In Bruges, it took a while to get Seven Psychopaths, which is actually the only film I haven't seen of his. That one's great. I have heard it's great. It, it is, is great. going on my list. I am so behind with 2022 movies yeah. that uh, it's hard to think about putting another film in the mix, but that one's definitely high up there. I feel like Imbruges is like someone was just like, we want another movie like Imbruges where it's kind of like uh, even sassier, like lock, sock, two smoking barrels, you know, uh-huh. um, but it's like written by this guy who's like a playwright. So it's like I feel like Seven Psychopaths like has a confusing dichotomy where like people may come to see it and they're like, so it's like this quirky guy, Richie action kind of movie. And you're like, no, <laughs> it's, and that's why I really like it because it's not like that. But it like right. kind of like, but it is like in some ways, you know, um, Seven Psychopaths is one of my favorite movies for for Mad Long. I, I'd, I'd like to watch it again because I don't know if it still would like hold that place. But uh, yeah, it does seem like his his career in, in movies is kind of like, you know, he's in act two right now. And it is like, you know, three billboards and Banshees have much more in common than uh, in Bruges and second, second, uh, Seven Psychopaths, which also like they, they feel like one chapter, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I did look it up, and it does look like Three Billboards was not a play. Gotcha. But then he also did, his first film was called Six Shooter. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen that either. But Yeah, I imagine it's more in line with his other two, first two movies. I would assume so as well, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I think it's cool that he's brought all of this, like, knowledge of just his family history and knowing the history of Ireland and understanding that time period, um, all of that tracks. Because, yeah, I've done some reading and a lot of people were like, yeah, until you showed me the date for when this movie took place, I could have assumed it was just present day because most people who live in that area (laughs) still dress like that. Yeah. Still talk like that. Still go to the the candlelit pub. Oh my god! On the eye, on the eye, uh, in a hidden. I love it. <laughs> yeah, John Jay's looks like the place to be. I'd be there. Yeah, every I was. Night. I after Claire and I uh, finished the movie, we were just like, man, I want to go to like a fucking pub, pub like that so bad. Yes, I don't even really like Guinness that much, but I would. I would. I'd fucking give it a shot. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you'd learn to love it. I'd learn to like it. 
Yeah. I like yeah. it. It's fine enough. I like it. It's fine <laughs> enough. It's just not my first choice. Sure. I, I can yeah. agree with you. <laughs> but yeah, the movie looks great. Um, yeah. It's scored by Carter Burwell, which is a longtime companion of Martin McDonough. When it comes to his movies, he scored them all. Um, Carter Burwell is just one of my favorite composers doing, you know, a lot of the Coen Brothers films, Spike mm-hmm. Jones films. He's just great. Yeah. Um, really added like an extra level to this movie. It would have been strange to watch a Martin McDonough movie and not have it scored by Carter Burwell. So, <laughs> yeah, that was great. It's hard to talk about this movie without getting into the nitty gritty. Without spoiling it. Well, spoiling. I mean, Bernd, you know, I, I mentioned the, uh, you know, the relatability to it. Did you find the movie relatable? Have you ever, like, gone through, you know, like a friend a friend breakup or did this movie speak to any other moments in your life? Oh, yeah, definitely. I've gone through a couple friend breakups. Uh, one that it, it's different when a friend breaks up. A friendship breaks up because it just dissipates over time. I've had that happen multiple times to me. Yeah, there's definitely different genres, right? Right, right. Yeah. But the the active breakup, yeah, that, I've had that, I think, mostly just the one time that was really influential and it was post-college. Yeah. 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 I feel like I've also, like, it's happened to me more when I was, like, younger, and I think that's just, like, a product of, like, you know, you make friends, but you're still figuring yourself out. And then you kind of realize, like, I don't think I fucking like this person. And then you're kind of into deep. You know, you're like, oh, but we like hang out. We go to gym together. But I'm like, I kind of just don't want to fucking do this anymore. Right. Um, Which, like, you know, I think even in the movie, like, uh, you know, comms criticize. It's like, you know, being childish at times. It's like, well, what you're doing here is childish, you know, and it's like. Yes, but no. And like that that's the type of like, you know, when we get into spoilers, we talk about it more. But that's kind of like the tug of war of the movie is just like, is what he's doing stupid or is there like validity to it? And, you know, I don't think the movie's trying to make you I don't think the movie's trying to answer that necessarily, but I think you as the audience member are kinda like, Yeah, I don't know. And I think it tells you which which one you are, if you're a patty or a com. Because if you're like, he's being such a dick about this, can he just grow up and get over it? Or if you're just like, This dude doesn't have to be friends with anybody. That's not his job. It's not he his job. He's friends with anybody, you know? <laughs> I think that, that shows you the the divide in, in the human race. Yeah, yeah. I can definitely empathize with Colm um, at certain points of the film, certainly. But yeah, Porik was just, it seemed like he was just trying to be a nice guy and have a nice yeah. friend. And so I, yeah, maybe it was just Colin Farrell, too, just like nailing it that most of the time... I wouldn't say I'm a pork, but I don't know. I was really like feeling for him most of the time. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I mean, I definitely like got where he was coming from. Right. Right. You know, and I did like, and I did feel for him, but I always was like, I just got, I was just like, I know where my dude comes coming from. I get it. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. Yeah, for sure. The, the relationship, the friendship that I had to say goodbye to when I was younger, especially like post-college, I didn't have a car. Like I didn't have a lot of mobility. And so I did have this one friend who would occasionally come pick me up and I would stay the night at like her place and we'd hang out. And I always like tried to look back on that time in my life. Like, was I overreaching? Was I overstepping? Asking for too much in the friendship? But then I felt like I never forced anyone to like come get me. Or, you know, 
I didn't feel like I made anyone do anything that they weren't going to do. But that mm. friendship just got, like, ridiculous towards the end. And, yeah, it's weird to have an active friend breakup. It's actually almost sometimes more visceral than, like, a romantic breakup. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I I think because it's, like, you know, it's kind of, like, more ambiguous. And, like, you know, I think sometimes, you know, even in breakups, like, regular relationship breakups, too. Like, you know, sometimes people break up and it's, like, what's the reason? I'm, like, ah, it's hard to... Put into words like you know like i don't it's just like you know the vibe's not there you know it's just like i don't know and i feel like you know that's but what's happening here i also think a lot of times in friend breakups or when there's like tension with friends like sometimes the the version of that person that you're like frustrated with or angry with uh the version that you are building up in your head and where they just become kind of this like cell that like absorbs all negative thoughts about them is not the you know it's not like the reality of the person right and i feel like you know like that maybe is is a bit what like Com's doing where he you know maybe wants his life to be going in a different direction and he starts attributing all negative things to colin farrell's character you know mm-hmm. and i think that's kind of you know it's it is unfair to do that to someone at the very least you know Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's tough when your brain makes that switch. I know for me, if I set my sights on something or if I make a decision about something, until I do it, I'm very fixated on it. So, yeah, I kind of know that point of no return where you've made that decision. You're like, all right, well, I can't go back now. Now I feel this way. (laughs) Yeah, you're like like obsessed with it, right? You're like, "Ah, I just think this is it. This is it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it is hard to go back on, for sure. And we'll talk about that. Spoiler territory. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I think, like, you know, I I feel like the movie's very... Um, I think it's such, like, a specific and, like, niche thing to make an entire movie about, and it does it, like, so well, you know? And it's, like, it's like I almost wish there were more movies. Like, in a world where, like, you know, you... Most movies are about, like, what person wearing their underwear will save the fate of the world, you know? <laughs> and even, like, and then even on the other spectrum of that, like, which indie movie is about being the horniest person ever and fucking a car and then being a serial killer? It's just, like, you know, like, <laughs> their, you know, plot is so extreme on, on either ends. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's it's nice to get a movie that's kind of, like, simple like this. And, you know, I feel like there's a lot of plays. I think we, I might even said on Three Billboards, which is why I conflated this idea but like you know i i feel like in three billboards it's like i may have said like oh it feels like it could be a play and like you know i'm not sure if i want to say movies feel like they could be a play anymore but i feel like this movie has big theater energy a big play energy at the very least bpe um, BP, dog and <laughs> i think with that you know and and when i say that and what that means it's just like you know it's just like it's subtle few locations but like the the drama of the movie is like you know, is just care. It's all character driven, you know. And uh, I feel like it's done just excruciatingly well because like it's cap- It's a captivating movie. You're not bored the entire time, and it's just about this beef between these mm-hmm. two characters. You know, that's it. And it's mm-hmm. great. Yeah, I definitely think I've said it before on multiple podcasts. That, yeah, I I really tend to go for the, like, talkie-talkies, the films that are mostly dialogue-heavy, 
and where yeah. the film does hinge on the dialogue and the expression of the characters. And yeah, this one definitely like checked all those boxes off. Because I agree. Yeah. It does seem like, if anything uh, that it's focusing on, granted, like all of these things could be metaphors for bigger things, which we'll flesh out later on. Yeah. But yeah, at the heart of the matter, it's like a very human story that everyone can relate to with very interesting characters with no fat, just pure dialogue that drives the story. You don't really yeah. have to know more about these characters. It sets up them so well that you feel like you've known these people for a long, long time. Mm. And yeah, I I agree. Uh, BPE all the way for me. BPE. Big <laughs> BPE. Yeah. Big, big BPE. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's a good one. It's, but yeah, I do think, and I also think like, you know, it's follow up to uh, Three Billboards is like pretty interesting where it's like, you know, Three Billboards is just like, what's like, what's like the most like controversial movie you can make this year? Um, mm-hmm. Which like watching it, like I never, I never thought, I feel like we didn't even think it was gonna be a controversial movie, which is kind of no. funny, but like that is its <laughs> legacy now. <laughs> uh, to make Banshee's of a, a, a Sharon and to be like, all right, well, fuck, don't come for me. Like, it's like, there's nothing, I don't think they can, I don't think it, this could be outraged or dramatized, <laughs> like, no. too much more, yeah. It would be wild to see what people would try to do to, <laughs> to make this outrageous or controversial. We'll find out. <laughs> that's true, that's true, they're out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the the cast, too, I, I love films that, granted, okay, I, I like all types of movies, but I do really love yeah. it when a movie has a very small cast. And yeah, you don't get movies like this that often, and you don't remember it till you see it. Right. I think that's why you know. Yeah, and like you know, I like I was like you know poking fun at like Marvel movies and Titan, and like I like those movies a lot, and I want more of those movies. Like I'm going to see Black Panther when it comes out; it's going to be great. But like you know, you just don't always get a movie like this where it's like you know, like even indies have kind of devolved into like you know, like it's they're insanity and they're awesome, or they're like psychological thrillers. Like this, like you know, you don't get movies quite like this you know yeah yeah you really don't um they come across every so often and you're yeah. very lucky when you get one mm-hmm. yeah well yeah robbie do you do you think you want to get into some spoilers uh yeah i think you know because it's such a subtle movie it's like we don't want to give even a little bit away because the the drama is like what they what they say to one another even you know right yeah because i mean the basics of the movie is what you discussed it's a friendship breaking up but even within the first act of the film they seeded in things that i didn't expect to kind of like give the movie even more heft and yeah i am excited to talk about it yeah same yeah yeah burn before before we go uh how do you say colin farrell's character's name because i'm not good at saying it do they call him Patty at all in the movie? Or am I making that up? I thought that was his little nickname. Oh, I don't know if they ever call him Patty, but Fuck it's uh, Porrick. Porrick. Which is a way to pronounce, yeah, the Irish spelling of Patrick. So, yeah, you can call him Patty uh, in this. Oh, Patty? Cool. Yeah, because I mean... I will. That's my cute little nickname for him. Yeah, it's like <laughs> P-A-D-R-A-I-C. Yeah. Padrick. Porrick? Patrick. Patrick. But they pronounce it in the film Porrick. Porrick. Porrick, yeah. So it's like Pork. a P A W R R I C K. Porrick. 
Well, will and I be I, able to say it correctly for the rest of the rest of the podcast? Spo- spoilers. We'll find out. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> and then I love how like Colm is almost like Colm. It's like Colm. A, yeah. It's like a little enunciation between the L and the M. Colm. Yeah. Kind of just sounds like your mouth is like full of something. <laughs> it's hard Colm. to say. It's like you know, it should be easy to say, but like it's almost like it's too much of a of a name squished together. Yes. And that you know, <laughs> like Colm. I said it wrong. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I was going to say something stupid, but yeah, not a lot of names have four letters and are one syllable. But then I instantly thought, John, Greg, Jack. Like true. I thought of like all these other names. Burn. Yeah, burn. That's yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we'll see if we can pronounce. I think those two have the strangest names out of yeah. all of them. And then the they, rest they of the try Irish to get me with are... Siobhan, but I fucking know you can't you can't get me with that one. I know how that works. Siobhan. Yeah. You've been watching Succession. <laughs> I actually, so my, is such a random story. So my uh, friend, is, I had, we had a friend breakup, but uh, my friend in uh, elementary school and like, and kind of like up until college, I think, or like first year of college growing up. So like, you know, we had caller ID and like, I knew if he was calling cause his mom's name is Siobhan. And, but I remember for a while I would like see the name and like my I was like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> so I like asked my mom, she's like, Oh, that's how you spell Siobhan. I'm like, that doesn't make any goddamn sense, but all right. <laughs> but okay. So, so I learned that one as as a boy. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. So see, any relationship you can take things away from. They're all teachable that's moments. <laughs> that's true. Him and I may not be friends anymore, but I'll always have his mother's name. That's and how true. it's spelled. I'll always have to. You can't take that away from me. <laughs> no. And who would want to? <laughs> and who would want to? <laughs> All right, listeners. Well, we're going to take a very quick break. And then we're going to get into spoiler territory. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Mike Burge popping in here real quick to let you know about our brand new advertiser, Sun Common. These guys are absolutely great. Suncommon is one of those businesses that I am just so proud to have the StoryScreen brand associated with. They supported us through advertising last year at StoryScreen Drive-In in the midst of the pandemic, and that really helped us to be able to get things started and going over there. And ever since then, they have been just a fantastic business to be partnered with in just about anything that we do. But what is SunCommon? Well, SunCommon is your local clean energy partner, and it's got over 15 years of solar experience across the Capital District, Hudson Valley, and Vermont. They are awesome. SunCommon is a certified B Corp that believes people and planet are the foundation of vibrant communities. They offer custom engineered solar installations for homes, farms, and businesses, as well as unique products like the Solar Canopy and Tesla Powerwall. They're fantastic. The customer service is out of control good. And speaking as someone who has to deal with the customer service at Fandango all the time, these guys are above and beyond comparatively. No, you know, no low shots to Fandango here. Just like, you know, there's room for improvement. Everybody can improve. But back to Sun Common. Sun Common is a nicer duh, N-Y-S-E-R-D-A, pronounced nicer duh, gold quality solar installer 
which means they exceed annual quality assurance criteria and consistently provide top-tier performance. They offer affordable financing options designed to fit any individual's needs for getting that good old solar power energy installed in a business, a home, honestly, you name it, I think that they can pretty much pull it off. These guys, you know, they they can help, they, they guide customers through each step of the solar journey, which can be a kind of uh, hard one to really wrap your brain around if you're not too familiar with how it goes, but they're so good at helping you understand exactly what needs to happen, what can happen, and what will happen when you hire Suncommon to do these kinds of things. Suncommon makes saving money while saving the planet the easiest home improvement decision you'll make this year, any year, whenever. So if you're ready to build a brighter future, get in touch with Suncommon today. Visit suncommon.com to learn more. That's suncommon, S-U-N-C-O-M-M-O-N.com. And you can learn more and build a brighter future starting right now. Let's get back to the episode. Hello, listeners. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back with spoilers. We're back with... uh, Did he cut off his fingers? Did he not cut off his fingers? We're back with... uh, What's going on with these animals? We're back with... uh, What's the actual point of this beef? We're back with everything. Were you surprised that he actually cut off his fingers? Yes. Me too. (laughs) Yeah. The first one, I was like, surely he won't do the rest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, that was a jaw... dropping moment i don't because really there's no way there's no way he's gonna do it there's no way yeah like he's being a dick for sure also the uh i I, you know i'm not gonna call too much bullshit on on the movie at all really but the only thing i would call bullshit on is like i feel like those wounds would be in far worse shape than the state they were just in which was like pretty fucked up but i feel like like if you get a finger cut like there's so many capillaries in your finger like you bleed crazy amounts of blood if you like lost a full digit and didn't like carterize it or like try and seem like you didn't really do anything no (laughs) i feel like it could be like fatal i don't know yeah i agree that scene where you see him walking away from their house and shivana park walking towards the house i thought they were gonna find him like dead like slumped over yeah in the road because he had just Cut off the rest of those fingers. <laughs> wow. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it was great because as soon as he cut off the one, you're like, oh, now I'm going to be on the edge of my seat the entire rest of the film wondering if he's going to do it again. Yeah, which is great tension. Very good tension building. Yeah. But yeah, the moment in the beginning of the film that I didn't anticipate was the whole, like, it's April Fool's Day. So I thought that oh, was wait, such a really? good- Oh, wait, really? I didn't- <laughs> Premised. I didn't even put that together. <laughs> yeah. So, like, in the beginning of the movie, he tells them, I don't want to be friends with you anymore. Don't talk to me. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And then the next day, and, like, you hear Dominic saying, like, oh, I can be in here again because I'm not banned anymore. Well, when were you banned till? Till April. It's April. And so he gets back, and then he crosses off, like, the thing on his calendar. And you see him, like, smile to himself. He's like, oh, Colin was, like, pulling my leg. It He's was, like, an April yeah, it was an April yeah. Fool's prank. That's so good. It's um, so funny. I didn't even... That's great. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> um, 
I feel like, you know, the other thing I didn't realize going into the movie is that it the the backdrop of it is the Irish Civil War, which mm-hmm. is, you know, it's it's just kind of like mentioned and like, you know, I don't know a ton about the Irish Civil War. I had to look it up before doing this podcast and I still like can't say that I'm an expert, but, you know, it is an interesting it's such a it's such a good backdrop to a film about kind of like this drama between between friends. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's not quite as. Well, I mean, granted, I mean, so many people died in the Irish Civil War. And it was more about whether they wanted to stay with Great Britain, part of the United Kingdom, or whether they wanted to be their own country. And Mm -hmm. obviously, like, that's a pretty intense uh, decision. And a lot of people who live in Ireland still, you know, are descendants from people who felt a certain way about the treaty between England and Ireland. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the Troubles later on, which was like Catholics versus Protestant, that was wild because, yeah, it was like next door neighbors became enemies. Yeah. Just like overnight. And I feel like that's also kind of like what was going on with Colm and Porik was just like overnight. It was just like, I'm done with yeah. you. I'm done with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, no, it's it's such a good like just kind of like tension to have in the air of the movie. Um but I also love that they're like kind of on the outside. They're like, oh, what's that? Yeah, what's going on over there? <laughs> you know, Ireland, like notoriously not the biggest place. <laughs> right. But you could still, you know, even I feel like in that time period, something could be a river away and that is effectively miles. You know, I mean, it is literally miles. But like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like it's it feels like so much further away. We're all a bit more like squished in now. Yes, we are. Yes. It definitely adds to the tension, too, of when Siobhan is trying to decide whether she wants to stay or go. And people keep saying, well, we think the war is almost over, but you can never really know if a war is almost over, I feel. And Mm -hmm. that fear of choosing to maybe go to the mainland, but then, you know, lose your life because of it. And poor Parik crying, saying, like, Siobhan, come home, because he doesn't really want to go. He wants to stay where he is. He loves his home, but he knows that it's also, you know, not the best. And it's definitely not the best now. <laughs> no. At the end but, of the film. But yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty heartbreaking to see all of these characters who just feel so stunted because they are just a bay away from the mainland. That they're like so set in time and place stuck there. In, stuck in their ways. Yeah. Do you think, I saw a tweet where uh, someone was just like, oh yeah, I just saw Banshees of Anna Sharon. It's, it's super bleak. Do you think those movies very, like, bleak? Did you walk away with that feeling? It is very sad. Yeah. But I think at the end of the film, you can read it two ways. You could see it as maybe there is a place for this friendship to just rekindle. Because yeah. they seem amicable at the end. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I also like, towards the end, you know, he says, like, there are some things you can't get over, and that's okay. And that's, there are some things that you can't come back from. And that's okay. Um, But it seemed like maybe they had kind of squashed their beef, whether they were going to be friends or not. But regardless, yes, the ending of the film is pretty sad, but the the whole movie is so funny that I wouldn't call this movie a bleak film. Yeah, I guess that's the thing. Like, you know, I I guess it is like, you know, it is sad, but I didn't feel 
bleakness by the end of you know i was just kind of like oh damn what a ride (laughs) i don't know but uh yeah i guess i guess it was yeah i guess it is sad the ending like yeah you can read it like kind of one of two ways like i didn't necessarily like i'm not sure where i fall with it i you know but yeah i didn't necessarily think like because i feel like even i I don't know if they could be friends again but i feel like the beef got squashed they took it to such extremes where it's just like all right well Maybe we're done, but we kind of both got to say what we said, you know, maybe I think sometimes in like friend drama, friend breakups, like, you know, not everyone gets a chance to say what they want to say. And in this movie, these two people, I do think, get to say exactly, (laughs) you know, both sides really get hurt. If anything, that's like the most like unrealistic part of like something like this, because usually, yeah, friend breakups like kind of end where, you know, I think there's like less closure than even in relationships, you know, because they're more. Right. You kind of think you, you owe them. You don't even owe them that. Or I don't know. But or this is kind of the way the, the chips fall. But yeah, in this movie, they get to say everything and more. <laughs> really hash it out. Yeah. And I think it's fascinating that all of the townspeople who are all of these like fun little side characters don't really get involved. They kind of like take sides, but they don't really like put words in people's mouths or go to bat for any of these characters to the other character. No. Like they let Colm and Porik like hash it out on their own. I think for the most part, they're just like, you know, to, to Porik, they're just like, don't fucking like, they're like, stop, you know? And like, they, they get in there like, you know, I feel like pretty like amicably and respectively, like they might be like, can't you just, can't you just, you know? And then he's like, and then, you know, Colm's like, no, it's like, All right, well, All right. whatever. <laughs> But yeah, they kind of they do just kind of let it like happen for the most part. But I do think once it starts getting extreme, they're telling like Porik to like stop doing. They're like he already caught off one of his fingers. Like he's serious. Can you stop, especially I mean like Siobhan's the one who really is that voice of just like you need to stop doing this. Right. Yeah. Right. Even at the beginning, when Dominic is like, "Don't you want to just talk to him just to see if he's bluffing and to see if he'll cut off?" and Siobhan's like, yeah. "No." We don't need to test this. I think I think if he cut off one finger, then I would stop. <laughs> it's such a good conversation. <laughs> I guess yeah, we didn't even talk about uh Dominic yet. No. Our boy we haven't. Barry Keegan. But yeah. uh yeah, I feel like I was surprised that he maybe I shouldn't have been that surprised. But I was surprised that he I guess, you know, killed himself. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a bit ambiguous, but it seems like it. Um I mean that shit's fucking sad. Yeah, that line, there goes that dream. Heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a small, it's a small place. So, you know, you only have so many options and romantic endeavors. Yeah. Like Dominic was like the youngest person on the island. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't really see any like kids, really. No. And his dad's such a piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because... I have been seeing that there's an interesting read that, like, Inisherin is, like, a purgatory of sorts. Mm-hmm. And that these people are maybe tiring of each other because they've been together, not for, like, a human lifetime, but for who knows how long, trapped on this oh, that's, island. That's fun. And, like, Siobhan choosing to leave could have been, like, an indication of, like, her going on to the next realm. Um but yeah, it's kind of weird that you don't really see any kids. It's like you're seeing people who have maybe died. Um, yeah. 
from real life into this like purgatory of places because yeah it's interesting the film is like pretty real world up until when mrs mccormick starts like actually predicting deaths and you're like oh this is creepier than what i thought this could have like some like level of like mysticism going on over top of it but it doesn't have to it could still just be very literal she might just be like a crazy old crone hard to say has old lady prophetic power you know yes as as I will get at one point. Yes, life. as all as all women will at the at the ripe old age of sixty five. I can't and, wait. You, know, you get to see behind the veil and go insane. <laughs> I look forward to it. It's gonna be great. Um, and I'll die at forty nine of a heart attack, as all white men eventually do. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, I think that. Yeah, it's a cool read, and I I do you know I think for me like I kind of like that it's more like of a thematic purgatory and, and like less of like a literal one. Right. But, uh, I mean, that is, that is fun. I, I never kind of thought about it in that, in that sense, but it does make a lot of sense. And yeah, you don't see a lot of kids. Um, yeah. Interesting. 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 Yeah. Uh, it, my it, other, no, go ahead. Sorry, Burn. Oh, I was going to just say too, it seems like death doesn't really happen unless it's like involved with the water. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just cool. Like, because we're talking about like how did Colin not suffer more like injury with like cutting off almost his entire sure. hand? It's like maybe the water is the death, and maybe the land keeps you like trapped. Who knows? Sure. Who knows? Yeah, just spitballing. Necessarily die. It's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, I mean, but we do see some character deaths happen. Uh, the donkey. Yeah. So sad. So sad. And then kind of, you know, brings into the... It, it makes their beef start having collateral damage. I guess the fingers is really the first collateral damage, but... hmm You know, it is mm-hmm. kind of interesting that, like, just this argument... Or not even argument, but this friend breakup is just starting to, like, absorb more and more bad stuff to it, you know? hmm Yeah, yeah. That whole sequence is so, so sad. And the line where he says, I'm not putting the donkey out when I'm sad. Yeah. (laughs) So good. Oh, and then he takes his donkey to the pub. Jenny. Yeah, I want one now. Yeah, definitely. They're so cute. cute. It's like the cutest donkey I've ever seen. (laughs) Um, It was funny because in my screening at Story Screen, there were probably only like 10 of us in there. And I sat in like the third row. From the screen, so I was pretty far up. And during the credits, I heard someone say, Jenny. Because in the credits, Jenny played Jenny. Uh, That is that donkey's real name. (laughs) And then when I got out into the lobby, Sophia and DJ were there. And she was like, oh yeah, we just got out of the Banshees of Inishir. And I was like, Sophia, you were the one who said, Jenny, during the credits. (laughs) And she was like, yeah, I was. Nice. (laughs) Jenny. 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 That's funny. But yeah, the animals were so cute, and yeah, it was all oh, once Siobhan's gone and all of the animals, and Jenny's gone too. He just lets all them all the animals the yeah. hang out. <laughs> Relatable. Yeah, but you know, I think like part uh, Porik, like he can't, um, you know, he can't follow Siobhan to the city because he, this is what he wants, you know. Yeah. He's like kind of gonna hold on to it to the end, but. It is sad when he's like, you know, I want to stay. It's like if you ever like, you know, live somewhere and then like all your friends move or if you're like the last one to like graduate from college, you're just kind of like, oh, they're all fucking gone. Now I'm like trapped here. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's sad. Yeah, it's weird. Um, with my sister who lived in this area for like four years, yeah. she just moved back closer to home. And yeah, like I'm now still the only one that's kind of out here doing my own thing yeah. in New York. <laughs> in New York City. New York, New York City. City. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's sad. I mean, like, you know, even a place, yeah, a place like Beacon, you know, you've been here long enough, like, it's becoming so hip and so expensive that, like, it has pushed out, like, you know, I feel like a lot of, I, I still know, I think we both probably know a good amount of people in town, but the people you actually want to chill with, like, you know, the, it starts kind of, the wa- it's getting thinner, yeah, <laughs> you know? it's dwindling. Uh, yeah, it's definitely dwindling. And then it's just, like, all these new, very rich families coming in. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't want to hang out with them. Make my rent so- go up. <laughs> yeah no thank you no yeah thank you but yeah it's like you know you see a place like in a sharing probably like you know it probably changed a lot over time and then like all you have is like you know at least you know Podrick had had calm right right calm right yeah yeah it I, I found that woman who worked at like the shop who was also like the town busybody who knew all oh, the, yeah, the gossip <laughs> yeah, it was really, really a fun character, and I was surprised she didn't play a bigger role. She was only in it just a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, even just the idea of, like, do you have any news? And yeah, the same news circulating in this town, and how really, it really, really only exciting be so news much. Yeah. <laughs> came from, like, the mainland. Like, any news that was happening on the island, people were like, we already know this news. This isn't yeah. news. <laughs> That's old news. That's old news. So, I feel like Colum hides behind uh this argument for not wanting to be friends with Podrick as like I want to pursue my artistic endeavors and he wants to kind of be like surrounded and have more time for like th- have more time to make music and also I think kind of surround himself with musicians and you know people to talk to in that regard but do you think that's like something he actually is trying to do or you think it's just kind of like he just doesn't he, it's like an excuse I feel like it's hard to say. It is difficult to say. Um, You can look at it in the way that maybe he's getting older and he realizes he's maybe not as talented as what he would like to be. Yeah. And so he's using the whole pork bit as an excuse to be like, well, I'm just going to start cutting off my fingers every time you talk to me. So then he can blame his lack of ability to produce music on someone else. Mm-hmm. rather than himself yeah um so it could be a ruse in that way or it could just be you know he had got this weird idea and has said that he's just gonna start cutting off his fingers who knows yeah. but it did seem like the amount of musicians in the town and the way that they would have like their jam sessions at jj's in the evening seemed very nice but it was just like why can't you do both column <laughs> why can't you have the friendship yeah. with with Parik as well but i i do get it we i'm sure you have had friends i'm sure i have had friends that you're just kind of like this doesn't do anything for me anymore i'm not getting anything out of this yeah i mean i've i feel like i've definitely had like it is kind of like junk it's like it's like having drinking buddies uh-huh. and like i kind of went through this a little bit when, um, like, I I cut back my drinking significantly a few years ago. And, you know, I, did, I 
I did like six months of like no drinking at all. So I didn't, you know, go to bars, do anything like that. And like, you know, the amount of people that hit you up once they realize that gets a lot less. Uh-huh. And then, um, but also like, you know, the amount of socializing you do gets a lot less. So like, you know, in, in many ways you do have time to focus on other activities, but like now, like, you know, I drink, but it gets so much less than I was drinking like a few years ago. But, uh, yeah, it does kind of make you like kind of check your, your friend roster. You're just like, oh yeah, like I really only chill with these people when I would drink beers and that was it. And like, I run into the, into the bar and it's like, you know. The quality of, like, conversation or hangs, like, you know, they're fun in the moment, but it's, like, not really, you know, it's not the everlasting, impactful friendships. But I also think that there is, like, almost, like, a elitism of, like, being, like, I only want to surround myself with other creatives, and I only want to surround myself with people who have, like, big dreams like me. It's just, like, I don't know, like, I think that's also, like, a pretty, like, fruitless endeavor to, like, have, like, I don't know, like, a certain a certain itinerary for friends like you know i think for me and the and the friends i try to attract is just like do are we compatible and do i like being around them right and maybe that maybe that's strict enough for me where it does weed out a lot of pieces of shit i don't know like but <laughs> yeah i do think like calms which is also why i think like maybe he's he's lying because if he did give that much of a shit about his music he wouldn't cut his fingers off but i also think that when they were friends, I bet you uh, Porik was extremely annoying and probably went to his house all the time and he probably didn't get a moment to himself. Probably not. Yeah. So, you know, maybe that is why he had to kind of put his foot down because he still cares about the guy. There's so many times where they show you that he he cares about him. He doesn't want anything. It's like, I don't want anything bad. And like, that's like, you know, I've had a friend break up where it's like, listen, I don't want anything bad to you happen to you. I don't think you're a bad guy. I can't fucking, de- I can't fucking deal with you anymore. I can't do it. So I'm sorry, you know? And, uh, yeah, I think that sometimes that's, a, that's a hard one to understand. It's like, you know, cause people are, people want you to be all or nothing, right? They're like, Oh, I want you to yeah. like, not give it. You, I want, because you want, you know, it's easier if you can like villainize the other person in that way, or it's like, oh, or do sure. you think they're villainizing you? You know? Yeah, I was actually surprised while watching this movie that we hang out with Parik for the majority of the film. I thought it was going to be a bit more of an even give and take between both characters that we would spend more time with Colm. But from yeah. the very beginning of the film, you see pretty early on that it's going to be Parik's story for the most part. Yeah. And you would get glimpses of Colm, but not a whole lot. Um, so that was interesting to me because I thought that it was going to be both actors getting pretty equal screen time pretty equal like headspace of where you're supposed to be as an audience member watching this movie but uh yeah it is interesting with him spending all the time in the pub with the other creatives and musicians you do kind of have to wonder like to what end what is this for and it seems like colin wants success and he wants to be remembered Right. The the thing about being remembered after you're dead is that you don't really get any of those rewards and you don't even know if it's going to work while you're alive. So you kind of do have to wonder, like, what is the end game here? Is he slowly going a little mad? Because Pork calls him out multiple times saying, like, I think you're mental. (laughs) Yeah. I think you're losing it. 
And Colin or he's was like, like, or he's like, are you dying? Like, you right? Know, yeah. Like, what's what's happening with you? I think you're just a bit depressed. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> how's the despair? <laughs> yes, how's the despair? <laughs> and I love. So, I like, wish someone would ask me that. It'd be like, it's bad again. <laughs> it's every day. bad. It's back. Yeah, it's back. Yeah, my despair is full throttle. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah I don't just. Know- Mm-hmm. The the sentiment of like too with Park saying like well if he was if he was just depressed I wish he would keep it to himself. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah, I but don't yeah. know what uh, the. I think I, I I do think it makes most sense to spend time with Porik just because like he's the more active character to be doing more things and you right. know, even even though like I did I did identify more with. Uh, calm. I do feel like uh, it was more. It would. It is more fun that you get to spend more time with uh, with Porik. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I I think the dichotomy of like this male friendship, which we don't really get to explore very often, uh, what male friendships look like, and the benefits, the downfalls, how sometimes egos can clash. Yeah. And what happens when the dynamics change? is really interesting. But I also like the commentary of like Porik being a a nice guy and Dominic kind of calling him out later on in the movie. Like, I don't think you're a nice guy anymore. Like that doesn't sound very nice to me, but I don't know. How do you feel? I, I felt like he did a couple of things that weren't the greatest. There's some not nice stuff. He does (laughs) for sure. But But it also didn't seem that bad maybe i just really liked him maybe it was like i was just really like stockholm syndrome well you know it is, park, it is tough you know <laughs> it is tough because i also really like him <laughs> i mean i think that he you know him telling that guy that his uh his auntie or his dad his dad got hit by the by the red truck you know that's that's you know it's a bad thing to do he's he's obviously been been pushed to a weird place and he's acting out but that's a bad thing to do him burning down Colum's home is a bad thing to do, but it's fueled a little bit by, you know, hearing the rumor that Colm said, oh, I like you more when you're kind of being a dick to me. Yeah. So in some way, he thinks that he maybe is doing the right thing. But then at the end of the day, he is doing it out of, you know, vengeance. Right? Vengeance, it's like, and yeah. You killed, you killed Jenny, even though, you know... He didn't really, it was an accident, but like, you know, it was like, you know, from, I think, Porik's perspective, it's like, this guy doesn't want to be my friend anymore. He's being super weird. It's making it hard for me to even like go to the pub and like live my life on the smallest island. And it's super awkward. And I'm just trying to make things better. And now he's like being even crazier. And now my fucking donkey's dead. And I'm kind of just fucking sick of it. So I do think it's like, you know. Does he do a bad thing by the end of the movie? It's like, yeah, but also, like, I think that he's confused. And I think that he, you know, I think he th- he thinks this is, like, you know, maybe the the extreme length that would make Colin be his friend again. But he doesn't know. You know, I don't know. That's that's my yeah. I think it's I think it's complicated. I think it's complicated, too. Yeah. I think what. Porik is really like struggling with for the majority of the movie is not having any agency or say in how this breakup is going down. Yeah. Which is typical of breakups. Breakups don't it's usually happen one-sided. amicably. Yeah, yeah exactly. No. <laughs> um 
So yeah, most of the time someone feels like they are completely powerless. They really don't have any agency at all. And so I like that he keeps giving Colum agency. He was like, well, I'm going to burn down your house at 2 p.m. You can stop me. I'm giving you all of the information. You can either be there or not be there. I'm going to do it. Yeah. But you have the chance to maybe escape. And then when he sees him sitting in there, it's just like, okay, is this where Park is now no longer nice because he doesn't try to go in there and get his friend? But he's just giving his friend the agency to, like, save himself, I guess. In, I like, mean, I Park's think him going in there like, to him going in there to save them would be, again, what Colm doesn't want. But that right. but that's like, you know, this right. ultimate tension between these two friends, right? Where it's like, I'm gonna fuck you over so bad. But if you just ask me for help, if you just I, talk to me and be friends with me, I'll... I will help you. I'll help you. And... <laughs> Colm's like, no thanks, I still don't want it. Don't want it. <laughs> don't want to... Yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's definitely... It's it's a beef that's taken too far, but I do think that Pork is so, quote-unquote, dim that, like, su- like, subtlety doesn't work on him. And you have to imagine that before this movie even starts, maybe Colm had been trying to subtly tone down their friendship before it turned into this ultimate breakup, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I, I think it's not as night and day as as we are led to believe, you know? Right, right. Um, I could even see it as this, which I hadn't until just now, that Colum, with his depression, he can't really entertain the idea of suicide because he's a Christian man True. and he's God-fearing and he doesn't want to do suicide because... He fears damnation. Mm-hmm. So instead, he's kind of doing suicide by design. Because I love that he has all of these, like, puppets in his home. But we don't really get to talk about, like, his puppetry. But he's, like, kind of treating Porik as a puppet. Yeah. He's, like, puppeteering him to maybe have Porik help kill him in a way. Because he's just so depressed and doesn't really see a way out. To be like, well, if he kills me, if I sit in my home when he comes to burn it down, because the f- cutting the fingers off did not get no. me the death that maybe he wanted. <laughs> no. So maybe I'll just let him kill me another way. Because we never quite see how he survives. Either he chooses to walk out of the house um, and gets out, and that's why he lives, or yeah. it is more mythic and you know mystical and... There's just, you know, they're saying, like, humans can't die on this island. Who knows? Um, I think it's cool either way. Sure. But yeah, the despair, I think, even though Porik is kind of made out to be a silly man, I think maybe he is noticing, too. He's just like, yeah, I think he is not well in the head in some way or another, whether it's depression or some kind of, like, mental issue. But yeah. I think, though, it's funny, like, I do think that's a thing that, like, people do. I mean, Porik does that as, like, a defense mechanism because it's like, well, surely it can't be because I'm annoying. So he's depressed. (laughs) He's depressed. Yeah. And that's like a thing that people do. You know, that's that's what we do to survive when someone doesn't like us. We're just like, all right, well, I will now put on blast in my mind all of your character flaws. And it's like, oh, well, it's not because I'm bad. It's because you're the worst. You know, and that's what we do to not kill ourselves when people don't like us, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, which is what, like, Pork is trying to do. But, you know, I think, like, yeah, I think it's interesting. um, 
the yeah I don't know I, I I'm not sure why Colm walks out of the home you know? yeah but I don't think he necessarily wants to die but I do think he's you know he's in the last act of his life and he's like you know I wanna I'm reevaluate reevaluating it too late which leads me to make extreme decisions but you know he I think he thinks that he wants to be the next Mozart. He wants to be remembered for his successes. But I also think that what he doesn't realize is that he's kind of like full of shit because he's still going to the pub. He's only, you know, he's trying to do music in his free time. He writes, he writes the song he wants to write. He writes the Banshees of Inishirin, you know? Um, so like, you know, he has that success, but then he cuts off his fingers, but then like, you know, I guess he can teach the music to other people which is ultimately <laughs> how you would be remembered, remembered, right? Yeah. So, like, you know, I do think... I think the movie does an interesting thing where it does show you, like, no, he's doing what he said he wanted to do, you know? Like, he is, like, doing the things that he said he couldn't do if he was still friends with Boric. So, um, I think it's hard I think it's hard to say. I, I think the movie makes it hard to kind of decipher, like, all right, well, like, did he make the right decision. Right. You know, cause he made a cool song, but he lost his house. I don't know. But, I don't know. And the thing is like, you know, I, I do think that it's at the end of the day, like you shouldn't really be rooting. Cause I wasn't rooting for them to be friends again. Mm-hmm. I was rooting for hopefully Porik to find his own <laughs> life and, you know, be better off the friend. Hopefully the breakup leads to them having two distinctly, better separate lives you know mm-hmm. that's what i was kind of hoping for but i also wonder i wonder if like the general audience member is just like i hope they're friends again yeah i wonder too yeah because that's not where i was at no although at the end of this movie i don't really understand what park's next moves will look like or what his life will look like now that he is like pretty solitary i mean granted he'll still go down to the pub i'm sure and yeah the two guys at the pub said that they were on his side. Yeah. <laughs> so they like him okay. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know. It when you live in a small town, yeah, there's no escaping the other person. So they're gonna be around each other all the time, just not interacting. Yeah. Unless one of them chooses to move. Yeah. That's true. Because mm. yeah, it was interesting to me that Cullum would bring like people from the mainland to tutor them or teach them on an Asherin instead of leaving an Asherin to go to students, you know, on the mainland. Yeah, that's true. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I do think... And I, I don't think that he realized, like, what he's doing is, like, maybe not, like, the best way to be remembered. He's just kind mm-hmm. of, like, trying. But I do think, like, I don't know, I think when people have that all-too-late realization, like, you know... I also think when people, when people are stressed out or, like, pushed to like a mental faculty or limit like it's uh they act out they just act up mm-hmm. i think that's, that's like true. what a lot of this movie is where it's just like you know when you're in a bad way you act up yeah and i'd imagine too it would probably feel pretty good to be like the big fish in the small pond so yeah if he were oh, to leave in a sharon you know maybe he gets to the mainland and he realizes he might not be as talented as what he thought he was yeah which is always a scary thing to do as well that's true that's very true yeah yeah, yeah. good point 
Yeah, Siobhan and Dominic, those were great characters as well. All of the townsfolk were great. Yeah. The priest was great. Yeah, he was so um, funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, after watching in Bruges and having that, you know, incredible confessional scene, which kind of like turns the whole movie on its head. Yeah. Having like these confessional scenes were very funny. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'll be feckin' fucked. <laughs> what about self-mutilation? It's like, hey, you got me on that. Times five. <laughs> Times five. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very funny. It's no, it's a, it's, a very, it's a very funny movie, which I guess is why, you know, uh, I didn't necessarily even mean like, it's so bleak and sad. Like, it, I get, there are certainly sad moments and it doesn't end on a high note, but, you know, it's, it's just fun. It's just a good, it's a good time. It's a good time. No one, no one writes dialogue quite like uh, Martin McDonough, you know. No, they really don't. Yeah, and especially for these actors that he's worked with already, you know, mm. it's the reconciliation of these two actors is really what's leading to most of the magneticism of this movie. I think, right. um, yes, yeah, so so good. I would think that this could be an Oscar-winning performance for Colin Farrell. I think he was phenomenal mm. in this movie. He's very good. They're both very good. Both they are both good. very good. Yeah. We'll see. I would like to see this movie get some nods. I think if anything, like, you know, I'd love to see screenplay, too. Mm-hmm. I think screenplay will definitely be up for something. Yeah. I get so fucking pissed off at the Oscars now. I don't like to. I, I have less and less fun predicting, like, what's going to be there? It's like, I don't know, whatever my least favorite movie that came out will be nominated for Best Director. I don't fucking know. I know. I know. It's a bummer. I know, but. We'll see. I mean, uh, Three Billboards got nominated for a bunch of stuff, right? It's true. The, the Academy does like him a lot. Yeah, so, so I do think that good. does bode well for for it being there. But yeah, I do think, you know, Colin Farrell definitely is like the, the dead ringer for um, uh, Best Performance. But yeah, I think writing, for me, I, I you know, the, the strongest element of the movie for me, but I also think this is true of like all Martin McDonough movies, it's like, I think the writing is always the, the star of the show, you know? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, the cinematography was also great. The directing, of course. Yeah. But yeah, I think writing and Colin Farrell in this. Yeah. Those definitely. have to be. Definitely the stars. Yeah, and if Carrie Condon got a nod for Best Supporting Actress for this, I would be very happy for that, too. Because yeah. she oh, was great. I also, uh, I, I did watch the SNL uh, clips that <laughs> you sent me before doing this. And, uh, you know, doesn't inform too much we're talking about other than, like, those boys are great. They're great They're boys. They're great. Um, also, one of the better SNL skits I've seen in a long time. The uh, Oh, the, you think so? The picture. I think, I, you know, it just felt, like, classic. Like, it yeah. had the, like, you know, it starts off with just, like, a like, kind of, like, a still pan in on, like, a New York City building. And uh, it just has, like, classic SNL energy, that one. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I could yeah. see that photographer ble- being played by, like, Chris Kattan. Or, or Chris Kattan, yeah, 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 definitely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I could see that. It was very bare bones. Yeah. Which is kind of nice. But yeah, that was, uh, those are both good, good skits. Or, uh, you know, his monologue was good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure maybe he wrote that himself. Who's to say? But yeah, listeners, Brendan Gleeson hosted SNL a few weeks ago, and Colin Farrell showed up, and it's just them being buds. Just being boys. Just being friends. Just being friends. Yeah, I want to have uh, Brendan Gleeson's beard hair combo. His hair is more more straight than mine, though, but... 
think we yeah, get there. Yeah. I think we get there. We can figure it out. For sure. Yeah. It was it was interesting because obviously Donald Gleason has been in a lot recently and he's yeah. kinda coming up, Brennan Gleason's son. I only figured out that they were related until like the other day. Oh really? I'm like a fuck I'm a fucking moron. Yeah. I was just like, Oh yeah. <laughs> oh that guy. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, well, now you know, right? Now I do know. Yeah. Now you know. <laughs> and then I'm I'm looking it up because I feel terrible about this. Oh yeah. His other son, Brian Gleason, was in this Apple TV Plus show called Bad Sisters. Okay. Um, which just finished recently, and that's an Irish drama, comedy, thriller. It's about like a group of Irish sisters who decide to kill their brother in law oh. who they don't like. And it's Damn. really fun. But Brian Gleason um, is in that show. And it was so funny because, yeah, like, Brian looks like Brendan. Now when I watch Brendan, I'm like, oh, I can see Brian. But Donal is, like, such a different breed, I think, compared to his dad. Yeah. Let me see. Let so me I, see this guy. So, yeah, I can understand why you just making the realization the other day that Donal Gleason and Brendan Gleason are related. You're like, oh, okay. I think I'm just also, like, late in my life to, like, knowing people's like actors names and memorizing it better and recognizing it yeah. oh yeah they do look they all look related oh yeah I, I see related. i see what you mean though for sure yeah yeah yep but yeah i'm liking these gleason boys and colin farrell I- i'm thinking maybe the batman after yang and the banshees of inishiran are all gonna make my list so we'll see oh, oh he's God. just a after, after of a yang year. after yang was this year after getting confusing because I do think it got like a limited release the year before some shit like that. Oh, okay. But no, you're right. But it did. I did. That up. That's so early this year. You're right. That movie Very is Very early. That movie is, is great. I mean, the Batman's 100% on my list. And then, you know, I can't wait for that Penguin show to come out where you just get Colin Farrell all the time, baby. Yeah, man. <laughs> Give me that. Yeah, he's never been better. He's like, his career is great right now. Yeah. I love and, so, and it's always been pretty guy. good. I'm like, I was watching this movie, I'm just like, Colin Farrell, he just always, he like always chooses good stuff. Yes, he does. Like, I like every movie he's in. Yeah, good picking on his yeah. part. Yeah, he's working. He is working. Mm. Well, Robbie, is there anything else uh, you would like to cover or plug? I think we've kind of exhausted. Uh, team column all the way. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, because I do think after this conversation, people are like, yeah, Burns Team Park for sure. And yeah, I think I am. Hey, man. But we it's can say, be friends. It takes all you and I can be friends. It takes all kinds until I just until kinds. I just randomly decide I actually don't want to. <laughs> if you ever told me don't talk to me or I'm going to cut off my fingers, I would respect your wishes. Robbie. Would you try and see if I would do one, though, just to make sure I was serious? No, I wouldn't. Damn, that's a good friend. <laughs> I appreciate that. It's a true test of friendship. True, that, is, that is good. I appreciate that. I'll keep you around. Good, good. <laughs> All right. Anything uh, you would like to plug? Uh, I don't think so. As always, you know, I do. Uh, I host Story Screen Reports, the Story Screen News show happens once a month uh i take the top five stories in film tv entertainment i make a list i have a guest we react to those news stories uh it's a monthly podcast so right now we have three episodes out burn was 
on the most recent episode. Uh, so, you know, even though it might be a little bit of old news at this point, it's still good news. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to to keep doing it. It's, it's one of my favorite shows to do. So if you guys haven't checked that out yet, please do. Um, and yeah, I think at the moment, that's all I got. Great. Yeah, even if it's old news, it's still good conversation. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, I also don't really have anything to plug. Um, just make sure you go to storyscreenbeacon.com. Scroll to the bottom. Look at all of those fun little clicky guys. You can find yes. us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Um, hit us up if you can. Of course, if you're listening to this on whichever podcast app you get your podcasts, if you could give us a subscribe, a like, and a follow um, or a comment that would be great uh yeah all of those normal things that you hear at the end of podcasts we agree hell but Robbie, yeah <laughs> thank you so much for for joining me to talk about this awesome movie yeah thank you for having me this is a fun one we'll be back together for the next uh martin mcdonough join i'm sure yes we will all right listeners thank you for listening hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll catch you later Peace. Bye.